0: B.C.Y. America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles and now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk.
1: Thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. Ladies and gentlemen, as anti-Semitism is increasing around the globe, Yesterday, with uh, just short notice, a March for Israel event held in Washington, D.C. Organizers estimating the crowd to be just below 300,000, about 290,000 participants. Bipartisan speakers included Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, House Speaker Mike Johnson, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, and and speaking for Senate Leadership Joni Ernst. Uh, Meanwhile, the Israeli defense forces are continuing their quest to destroy Hamas, and even as Israel advances, more evidence pouring forth of Hamas military headquarters at a hospital in Gaza. While addressing this war, and also what lies ahead for Israel, We welcome back Dr. Richard Schmidt. He is pastor of Union Grove Baptist Church, founder of Prophecy Focus Ministries. He's a speaker on the weekly TV program, Prophecy Focus, which, folks, you have available at vcy.tv. Check it out. Also, the radio broadcast, Prophecy Unfolding, I uh, spent some 32 years in law enforcement, including being active sheriff in Milwaukee County. He has authored several books, including Are You Going to a Better Place? Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, Tribulation to Triumph, The Olivet Discourse, Globalism, the Great World Consumption, and Artificial Intelligence, Transhumanism, and the De-Evolution of Democracy. Pastor Schmidt, welcome back here to Crosstalk.
2: Well, thanks so much for having me. This is a great topic we're going to be hitting, and I'm looking forward to getting some facts out.
1: Well, I know you have been monitoring very closely all that's taking place in Israel. The war against the murderous Hamas. Uh, the chorus is rising around the world for a ceasefire. Yesterday we had the Canadian Price, uh, Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, Uh, urging Israel to to stop, and I quote, stop this killing of women, of children, of babies in the Gaza Strip. Israel's uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said in a speech this past Saturday, the war against Hamas, ISIS, is advancing at full force. It has one goal, victory. There is no substitute for victory. We will eliminate Hamas and bring back our hostages. So we're going to get into a lot of issues today. But first of all, just give us your rundown. You've been following the news, your assessment of what we see taking place. Place at this time,
2: well, again, I think everybody's pretty familiar with the basic facts now. October 7th, Hamas basically breaks through the southern border in Gaza. They kill, and uh, the numbers have changed. It started out at 1,400, now they're saying it might be a slight bit less, around 1,200 or more. But uh, butchered men, women, children, uh, non military people, just a horrible, horrible terrorist attack uh, uh, that took place. Well, of course, everyone is more than aware now that uh, Israel said enough's enough. They're coming after Hamas big time. They're not backing down, and they have decided they're going to wipe out Hamas, and whatever it takes, that's going to be accomplished. So everyone is uh, aware that there's two different sides of this story. You have the Palestinian side and pro-Palestinian protests that are taking place, saying that Israel is overstepping their bounds in uh, the amount of force that's being used to wipe out Hamas. I think the statistics show though, if uh, uh, Israel seriously was going to do damage to Hamas and its citizens, there'd be a whole lot more than 11,000 people that have died. 2.2 million people live in Gaza, 11,000 people have died. There's estimated there were 40,000 terrorists uh, hiding, if you will, in the tunnels of Gaza.
1: And that 11,000 is according to the Hamas estimates, is that correct?
2: Yes, and nobody knows what the true numbers are. Mm-hmm. It could be less, more, we don't know. Uh, but the the bottom line is if Israel was truly doing all the atrocities that they're being accused of, that number would be dramatically higher and the Palestinians would would make that news. Mm -hmm. It's not happened. So it's a war. War is not pretty. And uh, boy, it's just it's horrible what's taking place and what has taken place. But when you're in the midst of war, it's war.
1: Is Turkey joining in this war? I saw Turkey's Islamic president, Erdogan, is, is blasting Israel as a war criminal to the world, blaming Israel of uh, open and despicable uh, 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 massacre against the Gazans, even referred to Hamas as being freedom fighters. Uh, fighters. Is, is Turkey joining in? And, and also, about what about other nations?
2: All right. So what we're seeing right now, in fact, today, in fact, just a few minutes before we went on air, Ali Khamenei from Iran basically made it very clear that all the nations, if you will, the Islamic nations are to stand down and not literally come to Hamas's defense. There's a whole bunch of political issues around there as well as religious issues. But uh, uh, Erdogan in Turkey is basically saber rattling. He's He's got to make a front. He's got to be pro-Palestinian, pro-Arab, but uh, they're not sending people in. It doesn't look like they are. Uh, but Khomeini has definitely, definitely made it very clear Hamas is on their own.
1: Okay, uh, as we look toward Ezekiel 38, Turkey is very much going to be involved in a war at some time against Israel.
2: Well, absolutely. Ezekiel 38 uh, talks about Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, and Tagarma, all which are nations, if you will, that, are, that existed back in Old Testament times, but what they all are now is part of what's known as Turkey or Asia Minor. But uh, this isn't ezekiel thirty eight yet uh, I think it may be setting the stage in the future for it, uh, but we're not there yet uh, the Israeli Defense Force spokesman uh, real Admiral Daniel Hagari, he gave
1: a message to the media this past Monday night, even a tour on the discovery of this extensive terrorist infrastructure at a children's hospital in Gaza. Now Israel's been accused of being so inhumane and and killing all these uh, you know innocent we're finding Hamas is purposely. I mean, here we have this uh, headquarters there at the
2: hospital. All right. Well, here's here's the thing. Hamas very massively miscalculated what they're doing. They're in TC Hospital, which is the one you're referring to. Uh, they've uh, IDF, in fact, the IDF uh, website they show actually one of their uh, soldiers going down. They're uncovering the weapons. They're uncovering tunnels. They're uncovering a room that uh, apparently was set up as uh, kind of a makeshift movie studio where they were filming people. Uh, Potentially the hostages were there at one point. But all these things are taking place. They're hiding. They're using civilians. They're using men, women, and children, those that have serious medical issues to hide behind. And, uh, boy, what a cowardly way to run an operation.
1: Indeed. And I I find it very interesting. You use the term movie studio, and... I, I just uh, ran across a story yesterday in which there was a mother that was just so exercised about her son being in the hospital and all this blood and bandages around him. And he sat up, he said in Arabic, you know, don't worry. I, and this is just for this is just for the, you know, the, the photographers here He really is not injured, but they're staging injury.
2: Yeah, I've seen multiple clips of this type of activity where. Uh, Hamas, of course, they want the bad press out there, so to speak, the bad press against uh, Mm -hmm. Israel, against others that are taking part. So, yes, there is staging. It's been caught. There's uh, actually one individual. He's been on about 10 different, uh, if you will, movie Type settings where they're showing, oh, he's he's half dead, he's bleeding, he's awful, and and then all of a sudden he shows up in another video. Right. So it, it it's unfortunate.
1: Another video, another location, and uh, and restaged it all over again. It's also been reported that Hamas terrorists have been blocking, like Israel's fuel delivery to a hospital and and other relief supplies. We understand has also been hindered by Hamas.
2: Oh, absolutely, and and one of the big issues is, and that's where the the concept in Israel rightfully was very concerned about all this alleged humanitarian goods that were coming in, including fuel, medical supplies, food, because Hamas runs the country. They want the, those items for themselves. It's very well known that uh, they've been taking it, the, even the people that are running the hospitals. And we're not talking about Israelis. We're talking about mm-hmm. people living in Gaza that are complaining they don't have the, the necessary supplies that they need. So yes, Hamas is causing their own citizens, if you will, the people of Gaza, to suffer significantly.
1: Um, much happening as far as that the advancement going on, but no sign of backing down by Israel's prime minister.
2: No, absolutely not. In fact, today, uh, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu came out and made it very clear: even even if they decide to back down for a day or two, and if if it will indeed help get some hostages out. It's going to be a temporary ceasefire because they are dead set on wiping Hamas out. What happens if they don't? Well, if they don't, I think we'll be right back to square one eventually, where the terrorist organizations, just like ISIS, uh, they'll start to rebuild. And eventually they'll be coming right back after Israel the same way they did this time. Indeed.
1: And uh, it was just... uh... Reported as well from uh, uh, the Israeli M- embassy here, of Benjamin, and he made some comments even in regard to a ceasefire, and I'd like to uh, share those with you here at this time. Uh, this was uh, just uh, pretty fresh within the last day or so.
3: Nobody in Israel is talking about a ceasefire at this point, zero appetite for that. The ceasefire existed for years until October 7th, and look what happened Hamas armed itself funded itself trained itself to the extent of the atrocities that we saw on, on October
1: 7th. So what he's saying here, we had a ceasefire. Nothing happened but it was October 7th where Hamas in essence
2: reloaded. Absolutely. Boy, what the issue is and why Israel is taking offense and rightly so. They were at home. They were they were celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. The the military basically was in a moderate stand down for the holiday. Nobody was attacking anyone in Gaza or Egypt or anywhere else, for that matter. And all of a sudden, uh, the Hamas terrorists decide game on, and they broke what was a ceasefire and uh, came in and caused these horrific atrocities.
1: Now, I'd like to bring up this whole matter of uh, this anti-Israel, anti-Jew sentiment that's been Uh, Growing, And I believe we've played this clip once before here in Crosstalk, but it bears repeating. This happened in Times Square, New York here with a Muslim. uh, I believe this was an imam that was uh, riling up the people at a pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas rally.
4: We're done hiding. We're done. We're done being tortured and hurt and judged. This is the correct religion. This is the religion that all of humanity needs to be a part of Islam. And we will not stop until it enters every home. So I want you to repeat after me. I want to hear it in every single district. It should tremble. Brooklyn should hear it. The Bronx should hear it. Queens should hear it. Say it as if the Ummah depends on this, my brothers and sisters. God, worthy of worship, except Allah, the God of Jesus, the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, and the God of the last and final prophet, Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wa sallam.
2: Pastor Rich. Well, boy, how unfortunate this is. Isn't it amazing, though, that uh, when you look at what uh, the Bible talks about and the tremendous deception that Satan would bring ap- across the world And so much more as we see the day approaching of Jesus coming back, it's no surprise what's taking place. However, what's very disturbing, of course, this is New York City. This is America. This is uh, the country that was founded on Christian principles. And because of horrible decisions uh, by government entities, including those surrounding uh, America, allowing terrorists to come into their countries from Damascus, from ISIS, from other places, Now that uh, lack of border control, this lack of allowing people into our country, that's absolutely exponentially increased in the last three years. Now we're dealing with that issue, and now, yes, they are rising up.
1: Friends, we're going to take a quick break and uh, be back here uh, focusing in on this rally that happened yesterday in Washington, D.C., a march for Israel, and also we'll be uh, Getting into the topic here for Israel, what lies ahead? And I'm not just talking about uh, tomorrow or the next few days, but long-term, biblically uh, speaking, what lies ahead for Israel? Stay with us. We'll be right back here on Crosstalk.
4: Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, now I've heard that sometimes germs evolve. Is this true? Chris, this is a common claim that some germs acquire the ability to infect certain new species, or maybe they become resistant to drugs. But this is not evolution. In fact, it's really devolution, the loss of ability or the loss of genes to accomplish a certain purpose. A recent study showed that the whooping cough bacteria lost a certain suite of genes, which caused the animal host immune system not to recognize it. Now a new animal can be infected, but is this evolution? What happens here is the loss of genes, not the gain of genes as evolution needs. What results is death, not life. While it doesn't fit the evolution view, it does fit the creation followed by the fall in the curse view, and that's the Back to Genesis view. Thanks for tuning in to Back to Genesis.
1: You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. With us today, we have Dr. Richard Schmidt. He is pastor of Union Grove Baptist Church, Union Grove, Wisconsin, founder of Prophecy Focus Ministries. His website, prophecyfocus.org. Prophecyfocus.org. Anti Semitism has been uh, on the increase uh, not only here in the United States, our neighbor to the north in Canada, we're seeing it in countries around the world. And uh many with fingers pointed at Israel as being the one you are to blame for all of this going on, uh, even our former president Barack obama i'm referring to uh Israel and its occupation uh those types of things this this growing sentiment is is abounding, and uh really on very short notice, just day's notice for this massive march for Israel coming into washington d c yesterday was absolutely amazing.
2: Well, it was, and and, uh, as you stated, the pro-Israel sentiment seemed to have been waning, and then all of a sudden we have this massive amount of people that show up in Washington, D.C. The people came out, and that was an amazing thing to see. But the issue is, why is there such an anti-Israel sentiment? Well, we can go to the scriptures and go through. This is not unexpected. uh, The Olivet Discourse, Jesus' powerful prophetic preaching, Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, I made it very clear that uh, uh, during, if especially what is coming, is a massive persecution of the Jewish people, so it's not surprising that we're seeing the uh, beginning stages of that. So, But w- I'm just so happy to see uh, folks like, uh, again, VCY America, churches that are standing behind Israel, and of course the citizens as well that are standing behind Israel. It matches up what God asks in the Abrahamic Covenant to bless those uh, uh, that are Jewish people
1: Going to play just a couple brief clips from the rally yesterday, this March for Israel. Uh, And it was very bipartisan. I have, first of all, a clip here from Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. We'll play that, and then we'll also be hearing from the Speaker of the
3: House. We are here, united, Democrat and Republican, House and Senate, to say we stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. We stand. We stand. We stand. We stand. We stand. stand. Now, my friends, there are no words for the horror that happened one month ago in Israel. The most Jews. Killed in a single day since the Holocaust. It brings back much darker days. And let us not forget history. History shows that when the world ignored anti Semitism in the last century, it led to the worst catastrophe in human history six million Jews murdered in the Holocaust. Let us not forget history. History shows that Israel was almost destroyed in 1967 and in 1973. We cannot, we cannot, we must not let that
2: happen again.
1: Chuck Schumer speaking yesterday at this uh, March for Israel. Very strong words.
2: Well it is and uh, I mean I got to be straightforward honest on this one Chuck Schumer is not exactly a, a conservative individual that uh, I would share uh, like politics with however on this particular issue we definitely are joined kind of like the old saying the enemy of my enemy is my friend and uh, for this issue I'm I'm very pleased uh, with Chuck uh, Schumer came out with And uh, I support that, and I applaud him for making those comments.
1: And just a brief clip here from the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson.
0: There, There are few issues in Washington that could so easily bring together leaders of both parties in both chambers, but the survival of the State of Israel and her people unites us together, and it unites all Americans. All Americans. Let me be very clear. The United States stands unequivocally with our neighbor, our friend, our ally Israel. They are their neighbors in a global sense.
5: That's right.
1: Indeed. And you talked about the bipartisanship. I wish we had time to play the full speeches there. We don't. But we're seeing a Individuals on both sides coming together in light of what we just saw with the pro Hamas mob shutting down uh, Grand Central uh, uh, at a terminal at the Grand Central. Uh, we have also seen uh, this internal memo from State Department employees that are very anti Israel that are kind of revolting against the Biden administration in this regard and uh, even bus drivers that refused to take people to the march yesterday Todd Starnes is reporting so we have all of this working together and and uh all brewing at the same time
2: absolutely and and it's amazing that uh we see another major conflict between those that are supporting if you will, quote-unquote, Palestine and those that are supporting the Jewish people. So it's a massive problem that, uh, quite frankly, not just here in America, but all around the world, is causing tremendous tension. So, uh, again, it's not surprising that we have all these difficult issues and uh, the splitting of governments, the splitting of its citizens, and, again... All of this is setting the stage for what's going to take place in the future when we look at uh, the tribulation period and the, and the tremendous hatred that will be taking place for the Jewish people then. One more question before we get
1: to that. And it was just reported yesterday by the Washington Free Beacon of the Biden administration unlocking fresh funds to Iran, totaling billions of dollars with the sanctions waiver set to expire. It was put uh, a 90 day clock was put in. I believe it was in July. Uh, or 100-day clock, but it's, it's expiring. Going to allow Iraq now to transfer payments for multi-billion-dollar electricity imports from Iran into accounts outside the country that can be used by Tehran. And uh, with Iran being a sponsor of terrorism, it does not sound like good news.
2: Well, isn't it just absolutely shocking that Ali Khamenei, the head of Iran, basically? said we're not going to go after Hamas and, uh, and Israel right now, and we're not going to support Hamas, basically, and allow Israel to do what they're doing. Well, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but this just smells, doesn't pass the smell test. Billions of dollars all of a sudden going to be filtered into Iran, which controls uh, uh, the potential help for Hamas, and they're shutting down. So, again, I, I'm certainly not supportive of Iran, Iraq, or any of the uh, jihadist uh, uh, if you will, mindset. So it, it just doesn't pass the smell test.
1: Right. And as soon as those monies are received, the attitude might just change as far as their uh, vocal involvement. Uh, Pastor Rich, I like to look ahead. I mean, we see what's unfolding day after day. I mean, the the news that's coming forth and uh, from the IDF and out of Israel here for pertaining to their advancement, trying and, and uh, going to be uh, they're determined to shut down Hamas in this regard, but I'd like to look beyond this, so what we are seeing here and now, as to really what lies ahead for Israel. God's chosen people,
2: where where do things stand? Well, again, there's. I wish I could give a, a totally bright, wonderful picture for the people of Israel, but prophetically speaking, I can't do that. Uh, while we're still here, while the church age still exists, while God's people are still on this earth, I believe that... Uh, uh, if you will, Israel has, we'll use the word fighting chance of moving forward and and sustaining itself. However, we've got to be very clear about what's going to take place. Again, if we go to Matthew chapter 24, Luke 21, Jesus talking about what's going to take place in the future, it makes it very clear that uh, there are going to be those nations such as Ezekiel 38 and 39 stated uh, uh, before God wipes them out. Israel is going to be under severe persecution. In fact, Matthew 24, Jesus makes it very clear that the Jewish people are going to have to flee Israel when what's called the abomination of desolation takes place or, or die. Two-thirds of all Jewish people, Zechariah 13, 8, and 9, makes it very clear. Two-thirds of all Jewish people will die in the tribulation. Yeah. So again, uh, uh, I wish I could say, you know, Israel had a very, very bright future, the fact is, they don't, but again, let me just close with this comment that God will, that one-third that he brings through the fire, Zechariah 13, eight and 9, will result in a national salvation for the Jewish people, one-third of the Jewish people, and they will come and they will reign with Christ during the millennium, and Israel will, in fact, be strong and intact at that point.
1: So at this particular time, Israel is really in a state of unbelief. Uh, unbelief in the fact that God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as their Messiah.
2: Absolutely. Well, Ezekiel 37, which is what you just referred to, talks about Israel coming back without breath, without, if you will, spiritual life. However, God states that when he gets the Jewish people all back into uh, the country, basically the 15 million total Jewish people, of which 7.5 million do not live in Israel, when that takes place, God will Uh, uh, of course, go through the tribulation period, and then life indeed will be uh, with the Jewish people. They'll rule and reign with Christ for that 1,000-year period, Revelation 21 to 7. So yes, Israel is going through, if you will, we'll just call it a a horrible transition period, but the end result, Israel will be on fire in a good way, serving God and reigning with him during his kingdom.
1: Okay, so Israel is in a state of unbelief at this time, but yet, you support Israel.
2: Why? Well, the reason I support Israel, and I believe most people, uh, especially from the Christian community that do, it all goes right back to Genesis chapter 12, the uh, uh, Abrahamic covenant. God made it very clear. And boy, we've been pushing this, and the country's almost been pushing this, believe it or not. Genesis 12, 1 to 3, God said, I will bless those who bless Israel, and I will curse those who curse Israel. Yeah, that's an unconditional uh, forever covenant, and that's exactly, even though Israel doesn't always do right, even though the Jewish people don't always do right, God gave us a command, and I think it's appropriate to follow it.
1: So we are coming at a time, though, in which now we've seen multiple countries come against uh, Israel at this time. At a future time, we're going to see the whole world coming against Israel.
2: Absolutely. Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1 to 4, tells us that all nations will rise up and come against Israel, basically at what is known as the battle of Armageddon, spoken about in Revelation 16. No 16. allies at that time. Zero allies uh, except one, and that'll be Jesus when he comes back. And the uh, Bible tells us in Zechariah 14 Jesus will come back. He will literally speak the word. Revelation 19, 11 to 21 will wipe out all of those detractors, and Jesus will set up his kingdom.
1: Pastor Richard Tremant with us today. ProphecyFocus.org is his website. And in the meantime, we see right now that that uh, Hezbollah leader is calling the U.S. the great Satan. That is continuing on. That's been no secret here for some time. Um, Hezbollah, as well as an enemy of Israel, uh, we have seen some rocket launches coming from the north as well. Um, but what we are seeing take place right now, you're saying is not necessarily Ezekiel
2: 38. I'll go a step further. It's not Ezekiel 38. Uh, what's taking place with again Hezbollah, uh, as well as Iran? They've been uh, attacking our American bases. Fifty-five hits have come on American bases since October seventh. Uh, there's a significant, if you will, interaction that's taking place between Israel and Lebanon, which is just north of Israel, and on uh, uh, in the Syrian bases. And uh, in uh, Iran, where also uh, there's been some attacks on American bases, is starting to ramp up slightly. But again, I'm going to go right back to what the supreme leader of Iran stated. We're not going to infiltrate and help Hamas. And I'm guessing, and this is just a speculation, that these things are going to slowly die down. Friends, we're going to
1: take a quick break and uh, have some extended time on the phone calls uh, with you here today. So we're opening our lines right now with Pastor Richard Schmidt. Our number to crosstalk, 800-733-9829. We're talking about the Israel war against Hamas right now and also what lies ahead for Israel. Our number, 800-733-9829. This is Crosstalk on VCY America.
4: Entertainment has become the draw to build churches and youth groups. Meanwhile, sound biblical teaching has fallen off the cliff. To many, it's all about numbers and little about the Bible. Play the Flute, a powerful DVD, addresses this issue head on. Play the Flute tells the story of one youth leader who would not give up who would not surrender to the apathy taking over his new youth group. The Lord Jesus is looking for followers who realize that they are sinners and need a Savior. These are His terms,
0: and I can't change them.
4: From Rich Cristiano comes Play the Flute, a powerful story on DVD available from VCY America for a donation of $18 or more. Call 1-800-729-9829 one eight hundred seven two nine ninety eight twenty nine. one eight hundred seven two nine ninety eight twenty nine. 729
1: listening to Crosstalk on VCY America and uh, taking your calls here today, your questions as it relates to uh, Bible prophecy, uh, especially as it relates to uh, Israel's future and uh, what lies ahead. Our phone number, we've got a couple open lines now, 800-733-9829. Perhaps you were at the Pro-Israel March yesterday and uh, want to attest to what you saw take place. Again, our number is 800-733-9829. We're going to begin with James in Tomah, Wisconsin. James, you're on the air.
0: Yes, um, I just wanted to uh, point out where is the hue and cry against Christophobia? And are we looking at the invention of a new phobia, that being Hamasophobia, where, you know, the the fear of those who would strike out and kill and murder and and, um, persecute Israel and the United States becomes a crime, whereas the the love of Christ also becomes a crime? Why why are we seeing this?
2: Pastor Rich. Um, if I understood your question correctly, I'm not sure I did. Basically, is there an issue with people going to be fearing Christianity? Is it going to become a crime? Uh, well, I absolutely, I believe it will become a crime in the future uh, to be a Christian. In fact, uh, Revelation 13 talks about the one world religion that's to come where anyone that claims the name of Christ will be literally... Uh, Beheaded. Now, that's during the tribulation period. That's not today. However, I believe that stage is being set. uh, We have some people from Congress, specifically an Islamic supporter in Congress, that's made it very clear uh, with anti-Christian rhetoric. It's not surprising. The Bible makes it very clear that those who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Uh, You look at the apostles, the disciples, all of them basically uh, murdered for their faith. So, uh, we've been very fortunate in America, but yes, it will increasingly get worse as we see the day approaching. Hmm. Thank you for the call.
1: Thank you, James. Thank you. Okay, appreciate your call. Our number to Crosstalk talk, 800-733-9829. Uh, your questions, your comments here pertaining on Israel's war against Hamas, uh, certainly also the matter of Bible prophecy, uh, about what lies ahead here for Israel, and uh, future events as well. Uh, and uh, your calls, 800 uh, 733 Pastor Rich, uh, I'd like you to also address the concern as to our borders, uh, not only the southern border, but the northern border as well. Uh, reports are that uh, there are those that are getting through that have a pro uh, or an anti-American sentiment and that are very much in uh, a pro-Islamic sentiment.
2: Well, absolutely. And this has been going on for several years. When there's the tremendous war that was taking place in uh, Damascus, Syria, and 500,000 individuals were being killed, many of those individuals, including terrorists, ran towards, if you will, Europe and into Canada. And many of those individuals were allowed into those countries free, basically come on in, the borders are open, we're here to help. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next thing we know, they're filtering down into America. So yes, absolutely, the the northern border, many uh, uh, terrorists, we believe, have come into this country, the southern border, which has been wide open for way too long, uh, even though the rhetoric from uh, the current administration and uh, the current individual who's the news supplier, uh, quite frankly, lying about what's taking place and what has taken place. And there are tens of thousands of individuals that have entered this country uh, that are not supportive necessarily of America, certainly aren't supportive of the Christian message and are, uh, if you will, pro-Palestinian, pro-Islam and uh, there is conflict and we're going to see that still rising up as uh, the days keep going on
1: and we see also what's happening in places like Europe and uh recently uh, the, the prime minister of Israel Benjamin Netanyahu uh actually warned Europe is going to be next uh, with the influx that you've allowed uh, the uh, you know into your borders uh Muslims have not gone there to assimilate into society, but really to advance the cause of Islam. And he is warning Europe, you're going to be next. The same warnings have come for the United States of America. You're in our sights.
2: Well, this is something I've been saying for several years. Uh, I believe... Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has his right. Yes, we are next. We are on the radar. Radar, And when you see the pro-Palestinian marches that are taking place in our country, on our college campuses, it absolutely speaks to what's coming.
1: Yeah, We've got uh, Scott calling from Clarksburg, West Virginia. Scott, you're on the air.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, Israel is uh, obeying Christ's command to love our neighbor as ourselves. But, uh, like, in... Uh, Jeremiah thirty chapter thirty one verse thirty one it talks about how uh uh God made the new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And but uh the new covenants applied to the church in the New Testament, and if all the biblical covenants are fulfilled in the New Covenant, then that would make the covenant people the church, excluding uh Jude- the Jewish people from being part of the gov- covenant people today, okay. as their scriptures weren't completed until 425 AD. And so the Christianity is actually an older religion than modern Judaism.
1: Okay, well, Scott, we're going to have our guest respond to that issue.
2: Well, Scott, basically what you're d- discussing is covenant theology, that uh, there's replacement theology, supersessionist theology, basically saying the church has become Israel which uh, that's not at all what the scriptures are teaching. Jeremiah 31 is an unconditional covenant that was given to the Jewish people. When Jesus talked about the new covenant, he basically was talking about the new covenant in his blood. He was talking about the church actually being given blessings that uh, actually were talking about before even the Mosaic law existed when God basically told Abraham, I will bless all nations through you. So Israel is still Israel. God hasn't changed how we spell the name. And uh, uh, again, Israel will not cease to exist.
1: Thank you, Scott. We've got Pat next in Wisconsin. You're on the air.
6: Yeah, I was just wondering, uh, it seems like the information that gets uh, disseminated over media, especially with what's going on, seems to be painted in regards to the war, in that uh, it doesn't really matter if it was Hamas going into the God of the Strip to hurt people. It wouldn't matter if it was Americans that did, were doing it, uh, Turkish, I mean, pick, pick anyone. But anybody that's armed that goes into a neighborhood, that's a crime against humanity. And yet it keeps being brought into this thing where it's a political battle instead of saying, no, this this is this is inhumane behavior. And so the question is, is has anyone ever done research on who owns the media? Since there's only really a couple of main pipes that go into all the different outlets, like Associated Press or whatever the main feeds are, to see who owns them, to see if those things are being, you know, uh, played with and tampered with so that we're only getting half the news.
2: Okay. Well, Pat, you hit the nail on the head. Yes, that has been investigated. And yes, your assumptions are more than assumptions. It's fact. So there are liberal individuals with uh, the massive amount of money that control the liberal media, which is why those of us uh, who hold to a more conservative side of the coin, such as VCY America, we don't have the massive amount of money behind us, which, uh, again, uh, as a as a pastor, as a preacher, I, I support the type of work that VCY America does and other conservative networks. They need our help. They need our support because it's the only way we can overcome the massive amount of money that the liberal media puts out.
1: Yeah, some of the style books even forbid the reporters from referring to Hamas as being terrorist or jihadist.
2: Absolutely. And it, it's unfortunate because there is a massive bias in the liberal media, Pat, as you, as you pointed out. And uh, it, it's true. And I think the American public is catching on.
1: Thank you for the call. Our number is 1-800-733-9829. one 733 9829 Greg is calling from Bloomington, Illinois. Greg, you're on the air.
0: Uh, thank you for your time, uh, Pastor Schmidt. I appreciate uh what you're saying here, but can you help me with something that um, it seems pretty clear to me in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. In a nutshell, Jesus basically says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun and the moon go dark, and then the Son of Man uh, comes back. You know, they, they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. Usually the response I get to that is, Well, why would God invoke his wrath on the church? But it doesn't say his wrath. It says the tribulation. So I guess to me that sounds like post-tribulation.
1: Okay, thank you. Greg, we'll have our guest respond.
2: Right, Absolutely. Great question. And again, this is covenant theology that you're talking about. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, they were talking about when is his kingdom going to come. It's very specific. Matthew 24, 1 and 2 has nothing whatsoever to do with the church age. They were talking about the seven-year tribulation to come, matches right up with Revelation chapter 6 through 16. When Jesus comes back, that's the second coming, not the rapture. The rapture, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, uh, to 54, talks about Jesus coming in the air in the clouds. He does not touch down on the earth. So uh, uh, definitely there's this confusion uh, with the Olivet Discourse, which, as you stated, the, the three passages where it is. The big issue is we've got to go to the Jewish prophetic calendar, Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. The church age literally fits between uh, verse 26 and 27. And God makes it very clear that the mystery church age was a mystery, and uh, the the verse is very quick, and <laughs> it's quick. Colossians one twenty four to twenty nine, Ephesians three one to seven, and Romans sixteen twenty five to twenty six talk about the mystery church age. The rapture must happen before the tribulation begins, which Jesus was referring to. Okay. Any quick follow up? Okay.
0: No, no, I appreciate that. Okay. I'll I'll check into what all you say and. Uh... I appreciate your time. Have thank,
1: a good day. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, matter of fact, we interviewed Pastor Rich here on Crosstalk on his book, and I think this covers it, the Tribulation to Triumph book, in which you go through the Olivet Discourse and and discuss that uh, frequently.
2: Well, absolutely. And I'll, I'll just invite the folks, if they'd like a copy of that, uh, if you're good with it, Jim, they can contact VCY. We'll be I think VCY would be happy to get that out. But it does. It goes through what has really been a horribly, Uh, a messed up passage with uh, so many pastors and preachers that are teaching that's the rapture and it has nothing to do with the church age church age hadn't even started yet
1: the tribulation to triumph book of the olivet discourse it's on our site available for donation of fifteen dollars you can uh, go to crosstalkamerica.com look in the store there or or uh, reach out to our switchboard at 1-800-729-9829 uh, we've got Doug calling from Ringgold, Georgia. Hi, Doug. You're on the air. Yes, I wonder.
0: I was offended because Biden did it in the march, but I wonder if he'd attended, would it had problems? May have been God had His hand on
1: it. I'm sorry if he had what I missed your main statement. Uh, Doug.
0: Okay, if Biden had attended the march, okay. I wonder if it had been problems.
1: Well, we saw. Uh, don't know about if there had been problems, but uh, Chuck Schumer was definitely there, and uh, he uh, carries uh, the Biden agenda quite, uh, you know, freely.
2: And that, that's a. I mean, it's a good speculative question: uh, what would have happened if he was there? Well, the president has to play a little bit of politics here, just to be straightforward. He can't be pro-Israel completely. He can't be pro-Palestinian completely because he's trying to get votes from both sides of the fence. So he has come out to help Israel. He, he certainly has made statements against Hamas, but he still has to take a pro-Palestinian stance for his voters. So that's politics. For his
1: two-state solution. There you go. Okay, thank you for the call. <laughs> Up against a break, we'll come back to more of your calls here momentarily. Uh, our number, we have a couple of lines open again, 800-733-9829. We'll be right back.
5: For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is Worldviewreport.com. UNRWA, which is a United Nations program, is in Gaza. And there has been a detailed report put out by Impact SE. And what it reveals is that the United Nations is funding supplementary curriculum in the Gaza to train young people to become martyrs, to be involved in jihad to hate the Jews. Sadly, America, well, we're the ones that host the United Nations in New York, and we pay an awful lot of money to the United Nations. So indirectly, we, the American taxpayers, and as Christians, are paying and helping pay for curriculum in Gaza by the UN to train and create more Islamic jihadists. It's time the Americans demand the United Nations be kicked out of America.
1: Pastor Richard Schmidt with us here today on Crosstalk, and again, his website is prophecyfocus.org. Prophecyfocus.org. Taking a look at the Israel war against Hamas and also what lies ahead for Israel, we'll go right back to the phone lines here uh, with uh, Cheryl calling from Green Valley, Arizona. Cheryl, you're on the air.
0: Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. My sister-in-law spends a month every October in Turkey, and she... Is there with German friends, and she speaks German. And the only news that she was able to get while she was there was the BBC and um, a German news outlet. Mm-hmm. And she had a totally different take on what's going on with the uh, the war. Yeah. And I, she's conservative, and it just really concerned me because the. The Europeans are not getting the same slant that we are. They have a slant that's not correct. And so it's very interesting, and, and it's sad. Yeah, but anyway, that's about what I had to say.
1: Thank you, Cheryl. And uh, Pastor Rich, I know that there is a concern of yours, too, as to where a majority of of uh, college-age young people are getting their news from today, uh, whether it be TikTok or, you know, Facebook feeds or whatever it may be.
2: All right. So when the liberal media gets a hold of things, obviously they're going to slant it on a liberal basis, which means uh, the conservative Christian message is going to be, if you will, clouded over. So it's not surprising this has happened in uh, various countries, various places. Uh, they're going to have their own politics and who they're going to support. So, again, that's why a VCY... Uh, America, I encourage people, stay on board with uh, with uh, this type of program so you do get the truth.
1: We have Doug calling next from West Dallas. Doug, you're on the air.
6: Hey, thanks for taking my call. I sure appreciate what you gentlemen are doing. Uh, I have a question. It's just a small one, but it seems like a glaring omission. All the governments and the demonstrators who are out there protesting Israel's attack, I haven't heard anyone say... Free the hostages now. Am I missing
2: something, or are they just not saying it? Well, Doug, I think they are saying it, and uh, I appreciate what you're saying. It's, it, I guess, you have to watch again what media outlets you're looking at. Uh, the, even our president, I mean, the, uh, has made it very strong that they want the hostages out. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has made it very strong that we're not going to stop. Attacking uh, Hamas, we're not going to negotiate with terrorists, if you will, unless you're going to give us those uh, uh, hostages. So I think the the major impetus around the world right now is actually centered on the 240 hostages that remain in Hamas. So whether it's coming out clearly through the media, that's that's a question. But uh, boy, every single country there's 41, I believe, countries that have hostages held in. Uh, Gaza, and they want them out and are ready to do whatever it takes to get them. All right.
1: Thank you, Doug. Thank you. Las Lunas, New Mexico. John, you're on the air.
0: Hi. Uh, hi uh, I'm grateful you took my phone call, sir. Uh, I was just wondering if uh, if uh, the man that you have speaking, I didn't catch his name, uh, and he was touching on the... On Oh, shoot. On the rapture and how it's before the tribulation. And I was just wondering if he's familiar with the doctrine of the ranks of the resurrection.
1: The the doctrine of the ranks of the resurrection? Yes, sir. Never heard of it before.
6: Well, you see what it what it what it talks about is well, really it talks you about know the rapture.
3: Really, it goes hand let, in hand with the. Let, let me just mention.
1: Ring. Let me, mention John, are we want to stay true to the scriptures, and so I don't know what the doctrine of the rinks is, and so I'm not going to have you go into it at this point. But we want to stay true to the scriptures and what what the the Bible has to say on these issues. And I, I think Pastor Rich, it's important that we do that. That we have this sure foundation.
2: Absolutely, and uh, I appreciate this individual who's. Studying, I, I would suggest you uh, may want to study a little bit more conservative biblical uh, scholars. But uh, the bottom line is the Bible speaks for itself, regardless of what group you belong to. And it's very clear from Daniel nine twenty four to twenty seven in the New Testament, a pre tribulation is mandated by Scripture. Even though I know there's a tremendous amount of folks that uh, are practicing covenant theology and trying to deny uh, the Jewish prophetic timeline in Daniel.
1: Thank you, John. Lynn in Erie, Pennsylvania, you're on the air.
2: Hi, my question
6: is, uh, in the Old Testament, I think it's Jeremiah, it talks about how Israel was divorced by God because of their unfaithfulness. Does that have anything to do with today's events, or what is that all about?
2: Well, it's a great question, Lynn. Uh, Unfortunately, the Jewish people, even though they're God's chosen people of the apple of his eye, he's aggressively possessive possessive for them, all spoken about in Zechariah. Uh, however, because of their disobedience, God makes it very clear that there is uh, repercussions for that. The Assyrian uh, uh, deportation, the Babylonian deportation, the invasion in AD 70 by Rome, all were uh, uh, happened because of Israel's disobedience. However, let me make it very clear, we are not in the Old Testament prophetic calendar right now. We're in the church age. What is taking place now is simply setting the stage for what's going to take place during the seven-year tribulation in the future. So unfortunately, Israel has been through many a conflict since 1948— and unfortunately, this just happens to be another one, which is severe.
1: But the end is that God is going to bring, I- Israel is going to recognize God is who he said he is, going to recognize Jesus Christ as the Messiah.
2: Absolutely. At the end of the seven-year tribulation, as we stated a little bit earlier in the program, there is literally a national conversion of the one-third of Jewish people uh, that God will be keeping, if you will, through that horrible time, Zechariah 13, 8, and 9. Uh, speak to that, as well as Revelation chapter 12.
1: Thank you so much for the call.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, we are down to 30 seconds, and uh, I apologize. I know we have other people on on hold right now that would love to talk, but uh, we're just only going to get a question in, in the 30 seconds, not be able to. Let's tie everything together. Why does all this matter?
2: Well, it all matters, number one, because the Scriptures can never be broken, regardless of... Uh, People's personal theology or the news media. The Bible speaks for itself; makes it very clear. The is the Jewish people are going to remain under attack. They're going to be persecuted, the same as the Christian community, until the major event that we're all looking forward to takes place. First of all, the Christian community we're looking forward for the coming of Jesus at the rapture, seven year tribulation, and then Jesus Christ comes back to set up His millennial kingdom. Therefore. Christ will eventually rule this world, but it's going to take a minimum of seven years to get to that point.
1: Pastor Rich, thank you for being with us today. And friends, you can find more information on his website, prophecyfocus.org. That's prophecyfocus.org. Friends, thanks for joining us here today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the internet
0: from VCY America.